I added one more podcast to the giant podcast bin. Now you have plucked that podcast out and started listening. I took my microphone and found some human folk. Then I recorded all the noises while we spoke. My name is Adam Buxton. I'm a man. I want you to enjoy this. That's the plan. How you doing, podcasts? Adam Buxton here. Welcome to podcast episode number 97. And you find me out walking on a very reasonable evening after a week of torrential rain, crazy monsoon weather, travel chaos, general dampness. Not at all what you'd expect for the middle of June, even here in the UK. Thanks a lot, Al Gore. He's the one that started all this climate chaos. And I lay the blame squarely at his door. Anyway, it looks reasonable for the time being, albeit still quite cold. I've got several layers on, got a T-shirt, got a fleece, got a puffer jacket. Puffer, puffer jacket. And I got my jeans. It's not what you want to be wearing in mid-June, is it? Anyway, listen, let me tell you about this week's podcast, which features a very rambly conversation, maybe one of the rambliest ever, with two legends of British comedy, Paul Whitehouse and Bob Mortimer. This is Bob's second appearance on the podcast. His first was last year, 2018, Uh, episode 74 and that was as I recall just before Mortimer and Whitehouse Gone Fishing made its debut on BBC Two and became an instant hit with viewers spawning not only a second series which I believe is in the pipeline but a book and an audio book the publication of the Gone Fishing book was the reason that Bob was joined on the podcast this time by Paul Whitehouse who, like Bob, was one of the biggest stars of 90s comedy, although he and Charlie Higson were already making waves in the 80s. They were writing characters like Stavros and loads of money for Harry Enfield. And Paul has gone from strength to strength with all sorts of projects thereafter. He is currently performing on stage in the West End of London as Grandad, in the Only Fools and Horses musical, for which he provided music and lyrics along with Jim Sullivan, Chaz Hodges of Chaz and Dave, and John Sullivan, the writer of the original legendary 80s TV show. Rodney, you plonker, etc. My conversation with Paul and Bob was recorded in May of this year, 2019, one afternoon at the King's Cross comedy venue, Two North Down. Thanks once again to the good folks there for letting me use the venue out of hours. Thanks, guys. And as you will hear from a bit of conversation caught on the backup recorder as Bob and Paul were coming in and getting settled at 2 North Down, Paul is a fellow Bowie fan. In fact, I didn't realise that he had seen one of the Bug David Bowie live shows that I did a couple of years ago. And he reminded me that I also sent him via a mutual friend, Nikki. Hi, Nikki. A link for a video that I found on YouTube 
of Bowie on a tour bus during his last ever tour in 2004, the reality tour, in which he is doing an impression of one of Paul's fast show characters, the guy that says, brilliant! And there's Bowie trying on a pair of earrings that he's just bought at a gas station, that sort of little flashing LED earrings. And Bowie's showing them off to the rest of the band and saying, aren't earrings brilliant? Look! So I found that and I thought, wow, I wonder if Paul's seen this. So I, I got Nicky to send him a link. And when we did the podcast, as you will hear, Paul was boasting to Bob that Bowie had done an impression of him. Although Bob wasn't that fussed because it turns out he's not really a Bowie guy. Oh, dear. Luckily, what he is, along with Paul, is one of the nicest and most genuinely funny people in comedy. The Atletico Mints podcast, which Bob does with writer Andy Dawson, is still one of the most consistently funny podcasts out there, for my money. Always raises my spirits. And it was a great pleasure to see Bob again and to meet Paul properly for the first time. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Which one? Uh, it was in Leicester Square. Like the whole show? You yeah. Saw? Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Bug, bug thing? Yeah. Good one. Yeah, because you found that bit of him going, Aunt Erin's brilliant. That's right. Really bad way. So I keep telling Bob that David Bowie has done an impersonation of me. Yeah. Never mind the other way around. <laughs> yeah, he was on a tour bus. Move to the left. <laughs> Move to the right. Beep, yeah. beep. I'm not anti Bowie. I, I don't get the. Um, I never. I always used to choose girlfriends based on whether they like Bowie or not. Right. I never liked girls who like Bowie. I mean, you've got to pronounce his name properly to begin with. Yeah, exactly. It, it's how I pronounce it, so it's the right the way. The boy in the bright blue jeans. But how many girlfriends have you had? You only had one in all that time, so fuck off. <laughs> yeah, but she didn't like. She didn't like Bowie. She liked Roxy music. I mean, obviously he's histrionic a little bit because mm. he's a performer. But yeah, how I, much I, more I, mannered I, is bloody Brian Ferry? I never believed him. I thought he was full. I know a lot of people say that. They asked me how. Did you, see, did you see? Do you remember Roger? My true love was too. Excuse me. Excuse me. Do you re, excuse me? Do you remember Rod Stewart from those days? Yeah. That was authentic. That was superb shit. Yeah, I the like faces. Rod, yeah, 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 I like the faces, yeah. I can like the faces and like David Bowie, but they're I've, not mutually I've fought against, are they? I've fought against inauthentic people all my life. <laughs> I have. Honestly, with sword and mace. <laughs> inauthentic. But it's showbiz. He's wearing glitter and he's no. taking you out of the ordinary, no, showbiz, out of the humdrum. Showbiz was... Um, 
Rod shoes. I don't know that Rod's shoes were attainable. 100% authentic. Like when he's. That was probably a bad call. I just blurted it out. Atlantic Crossing, that stuff is not authentic. That all gets all falls apart. Yeah. I did say the faces. Yeah, yeah, okay. What's your go to Bowie album, Paul? Well, recently we had to sign a load of these books. Paul and, points um, at the book. Yeah, it was a dull process, Adam. And I tell you what, I really enjoyed listen to was Station to Station, actually. It was very good. Yeah, I, I loved it. And I saw him probably about 1978, Earl's Court. That was a, a really good tour. That was yeah. one with all the neon and everything. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Yeah. I did Top of the Pops with him. Not with him, I was on the same Top yeah. of the Pops. And he was with that, is it a tin machine? Yes. Or something like that. Oh, yeah. Heavy, heavy, heavy. Mm. And he had fuck off written on his T-shirt. And the t- they told him he had to take it off, and he did. That's very authentic, don't you think? Taking it off. Wearing yeah, but he took it off. Fuck off. But he took it off. We don't like swearing in the pop, in the pop song, do we? I don't like, I've never liked wearing a swear, have you? No. No. You know. No. Fucking hillbillies or something. <laughs> <laughs> I like your fucking hillbillies t-shirt. That is quite a good one though, yeah. It is, isn't it? Would, you, would, it, be, would it be fucking with an apostrophe, wouldn't it? Keep on fucking. Yeah. <laughs> We're recording, by the way. Oh, wait. Is that all being, oh, well, that's that's all nice. being recorded? Because I'd it? like people yeah. to know my views. Yeah. On, on non-sweary t-shirts. Well, you haven't been holding back, have you, about, you know, your... Have you been getting very angrily political in your recent interviews? Very much so, yeah. But not with regard to the political issues that people think matter, <laughs> the actual issues that do actually really matter. matter. Do what what platform are you standing on? <laughs> Domestic politics. The issues that the matter. Whole, I call it home politics. Right. Yeah, yeah. The politics yeah. as it affects you under your roof. Sounds a bit petty bourgeois to me. Well, no, I'm a big believer in sorting out domestic politics before you go to wider social politics. Yeah. Really? Where's the fun in that? Well, you've got to all like. I like making grandiose statements about stuff I have no knowledge of whatsoever. <laughs> what was the last statement you made of that kind? I probably made one on the way here, didn't I? That all rivers will stop flowing yes. when, you, when you die. <laughs> That's how important you are. What sort of domestic political issues are you dealing with, Bob? Politics at the moment's infecting my life, sort of making me so sad. Yeah. I can't even... You mean party I'm politics? I'm going through a process of trying to not think about it, not read anything about but it. But why don't you take a leaf from Adam's book and your own book and concentrate on something very close to home? This what is, saying. It was me who was advocating that. Yeah, no, so no, that's no, what I'm trying to do. scared because of the big picture. Yeah, so I'm going to take that outside and once I'm in my house, that's gone, that doesn't exist. Right. Right? But... but how big a TV do you need? Well, Let's have a think about that. that. Yes. What are you currently on? I'm currently working a 65, yeah? That's a 65 a OLED. Yeah. But uh, it's not big show enough. Show me that in terms of this desk. It is wider than more like that, isn't it? any of us that. can stretch our arms. I span arms. I think that... I actually heard a bloke say that. I span around six feet. <laughs> if you... <laughs> <laughs> if you go above 55, you'll have the standard sort of, I don't know what, close-up, that shot, the newsreader shot. Their head, head and shoulders. If, if you get to 65, the head will be bigger than the human head, yeah? Yeah. And suddenly you get a slightly more cinematic experience. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So you really are, you know, like, yeah. there's terrific programs. That's, uh, that's Naked and Afraid, have you seen that? No, I've not watched Any program you mention, I won't have seen. Naked and Afraid on a 65-inch TV. Whoa. 
Do you get close-ups of genitals? No, it's all... Pixelated? It's, it's all pixelated, yeah. Oh. It's a very family-friendly show. Do you think normally. those two terms are, are pretty... I mean, you, you, most people are afraid when they're naked, aren't they? It, certainly if they're thrust in a public place. <laughs> Apart from if you're on your own. No, but it's to, it's to <laughs> indicate that it's... Like, it's not naked and aroused. That's a different show. Yeah. This one's yeah. naked and afraid. So they're trying to make it, like, serious. They're trying to restore the seriousness to nakedness. Naked and generous. <laughs> naked, naked and, and kind. <laughs> yeah. Naked and kind. Naked and argumentative. Yeah. Yes, naked arguments. Where does the phrase personal pipe come from that you use on Atletico Mints? It, it just, I really don't like using rude words on broadcasting. Yeah. Is that fucking gangbangers, don't you fucking love them? <laughs> no, you don't, do you? <laughs> yes, I've just lied, haven't I? How awful. <laughs> Lying through my teeth. But, yeah, it's just trying to find a nicer way that still puts the image in someone's mind. It's nice in the Scottish brogue. Aye. Aye. <laughs> um, I like it. your Scottish stories, by the way, Bob. Your accent holds up. I have a feeling they could get me into trouble. Yes, I think it could. Why? Who, are they offensive to someone? No. The Scots. The Scots. They're not easily offended, though, are they? The Scots, they're the last group to not really be easily offended. Can I just say hats off to them now? Yeah. I love Scotland. Definitely. Mm. Very strong brand, isn't it? Well, you took me there last year, my first experience of Scotland, Mm. and... But I know is most. I, I know most people realise this. It's not news to anyone, but it is a beautiful it's, country to look it's at. It's almost it? exi- because yeah. we're so close to it. You forget, don't you? Yeah. Actually, it was hauntingly beautiful. Whereabouts were you? On the River Tay. It, was this for the fishing show? Yes, we were mm. fishing. Lovely, beautiful, mm-hmm. out nice. on the rowing boat. Mm. We were by the burial ground where Wallace killed a load of English soldiers. Yeah, big mound. We were near Dun- Dunkeld, sort of middle. Absolutely extraordinary, and that's been the three nice things about the fishing is one being with an old mate, being like an old mate. You can say old man, I genuinely did, you know. And number two would be I did not know how beautiful this country was. Yeah, yeah, whoa, never made the effort. I did when I was a kid. It's funny, when I was a kid, it's very beautiful near Middlesbrough where I was born in the Cleveland Hills and so on, and we used to cycle out and go down little country you know mm. get lost in the countryside fast forward 40 years never done it since just passing places by in cars or trains so would that amazing mean that you changed your holidaying habits like instead of going to america for example would you maybe think well, let's find out that's where go go to derbyshire is that derbyshire <laughs> no derbyshire no, that's that was Punjabi. I, I was just trying. Yeah, I mean, no offence. It's, it's a difficult one. Derbyshire. No, that's not Derbyshire. We like that. T-shirt, T-shirt, T-shirt. It's like Room for Romeo Brass. Have you seen Room for Romeo Brass? Yeah, yeah. Do you think it's the greatest ever film? Or no? I love Shane Meadows and I love Paddy Considine. That scene in Dead Man's Shoes where he's. Going up to the guy, Paddy Considine, and he's saying, I got you right here in the palm of my hand. Yeah. And it's so menacing and exciting and yeah. visceral. No, they're great. Those it's the moment when Paddy Iconic. takes his pen out onto the kid's face. Yeah. That's frightening. Have you ever been offered menacing roles, Paul, like serious menacing parts? I did a, a bit in a film called Ghost Stories. Oh, yeah, um, that's right. Andy Nyman and yeah. Jamie Dyson, which was... I, don't, I mean, I'm not quite so menacing in it, but uh, 
I think I was quite a menacing character in one of your Randall and Opcuts. I think you were, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Had a scar, you know. I remember the first time that, that when, when you did something on Smell of Reeves and Mortimer, you were dressed as an SS officer. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. You didn't have to look frightened. That gear was really something, you know. Yeah. When, you, when Paul walked around the corner with those boots and that. Yeah, and it's that, sinister. It's, yeah, Whoa, it it's effective. Yeah, it I is, found yeah. a uh, box full of souvenirs that my dad had brought back from the Second World War. So he was out there at the end of it all, and he was part of a group of soldiers liberating you know, camps out in Germany. And anyway, he was wandering around collecting souvenirs, mm. Nazi flags yeah. and bits of propaganda and things like that. Just mm. thinking, these will be interesting one day. But what do you do with that mm. stuff? It's so grim and horrible. It's mm. not even in particularly good condition. So it's not good enough for a museum or anything uh. like that. So do mm. I keep this box with a Nazi flag in it? And, Have and you still got it? Yeah. You know a couple of people who love that. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, thank you. I sent you via Twitter a recommendation for the TV show Russian Doll. Yes. And you responded and, uh, politely because it's always weird getting a recommendation for something that is Very essentially. Very kind of you to give me it though. Did you investigate? Yes, I did. I got to about number five of it. Okay. Um, That's not good. But I mean, if you get that far through, there's only eight. I did get. Honestly, I didn't finish it. It's a bit kooky. Too kooky. I worried that it would be overquirk. Do you know? Yeah, for um, you. Because you fear quirkiness. ticks and quirks. And yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. But I thought that it, overall, it was on the right side of that. Oh, well, maybe I'll finish it. How do you find time to watch all these things? I know you'd sit on your ass. Because it's my priority to sit on my ass. <laughs> yeah? Well, you've earned it, I suppose. Adam's such a young fella. I find time by living in the country and being married to someone who is equally... Low oh, in ambition. Nice. <laughs> ah. So we are happy to sit on the sofa and consume quite a lot of this stuff. Hmm. And yeah. also, I don't really go out anymore, so there's that. Well, we tend to watch comedies. You can't watch uh, DKDs, as I call them, dead kid dramas. Oh, shit. Because, you know, I mean, so much of it now seems to be how many kids die. Yeah. How many, you know, what, the trail of dead children. That, you know, and, and so it's a, it's a non-starter, you know. Yeah. I try to keep ahead of the crime wave. I... I've run a crime club mm -hmm. for four or five years now, but it's kind of overtaken me now. It's everywhere, isn't it? Is these crime documents, crime? So I'm trying to keep ahead of that. So I've stopped watching too many of just the ID Channel ones and the you know Channel Four or Channel Five ones, and I try and watch actual trials from oh, okay. America. Commit to nine hours, you know. Yeah. And watch the trial. Where do you watch those? I watch those on YouTube. There's just a library of some of the great trials, you know. Right. But you can get really absorbed in them, you know, and, and, and I try not to find out. It'll just say, day one trial, Tommy Lee, something or whatever. Uh -huh. I don't look at You it need up. to know the charge, though, surely, because if it's just... No, I pack it then. Well, to be honest with you, Paul, it's not on there if it's not a good one. Oh, right. right. Well, so there's no some procedural you know. motoring charge. You're not going to watch that. <laughs> 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 he got off. <laughs> yeah, Tommy Lee would have been charged with hooting the horn of a boat with his old chap. With his old chap, yeah. 
back in the day with Pamela Anderson. Mm. Should we give Pamela Anderson a round a of applause? <laughs> no, for being such, she's like a real activist now on the world stage, isn't she? Is she? Yeah, she's a big supporter of uh, Julian Assange, isn't she? Is she? Yes. I'm confused with Assange. Are you meant to mm. like him? Or I don't know either. Then You'll know, Adam. Yeah. Come on, Adam. You will. Yeah, I'm across all this stuff. Um, you are meant to admire his commitment to the truth, liberating information and fighting against despots, but you are meant to be wary of the fact that he is clearly quite psychopathic really? and self-involved. I mean, we are now... Oh, I, don't, I hesitate to even bring this up, so maybe I shouldn't. But did you read about Martin Luther King? No. Oh, Jesus. What's happened to him? What's he done there? <laughs> oh, my God. Martin. Martin. <laughs> Apparently, his biographer has... So, so this is the... It's already suspicious because it's like, this bloke's got a book out yeah. about Martin Luther King. And anyway, supposedly he's dug up various files that the FBI had from 40 years ago of Martin Luther King doing terrible things or being in a room where one of his parishioners is assaulting a woman and Martin Luther King is doing nothing and, and even encouraging him and laughing about it. Supposedly he was a sort of serial philanderer and a, a, aggressive with women and unpleasant with women and oh, it's just bad for Martin Luther mm. King. So what do you do with that? Yeah. It's Martin Luther King. Mm. He's generally one of the people who was thought to be beyond reproach. Yeah. And then, but like, nobody's beyond reproach. Well, they, this is what people are gradually yeah. discovering. And it seems like. And it depends who's making, you know, right. those claims as well. Exactly. There's a possibility that it's bullshit and the FBI had, you know, it was in their interest to stitch him up and make him look bad. But I think we should stick with nobody's beyond reproach. Okay. Okay. Let's draw a line under <laughs> that whole conversation with no one's really beyond reproach. <laughs> Cella Black's nice, isn't she? She, was she never did anything bad. Considered Surely. Cella Black was nice, wasn't she? But I once uh, tripped up at the com Comedy Awards. and You nearly tripped up saying comedy then, Bob, as well, didn't you? You, broke, had, you broke, had to have two goes at it. <laughs> and I broke my fall on Cella Black's tit. Did you? Yeah. So there you go. OK, well, can I, sort well, of, can I introduce a similar theme? Oh, please, don't you? Barbara yeah. Windsor once pinned my hand to a sofa with her tit. Really? Had she fallen? Not intentionally. She was sort of leaning like that and I had my hand there and it pressed against my hand and I thought, well, shall I remove it now or will that cause more trouble than it's worth? Yeah. Shall I leave it there? And I thought, I'd like to write a song about Barbara Windsor's tip. And I thought I'd better leave my hand there till the end. It didn't seem to be bothering her. Yeah. I was the one who was, you know, in most, most yeah, discomfort. Course. But I had stuck with it. And I think, I mean, yeah, that's surely, that's a no-brainer, surely, to be immobilised by such a magnificent yeah. and famous and well-respected De breast. Decolletage? Yeah. 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 I thought, we'll leave it there. And I honestly thought that withdrawal wouldn't be the right option. Yeah. No, it's not even a nice word to use in mm. that context. No. I mean, I, I am um, looking for unusual incidents yeah. that happen, and that's quite unusual. When you're on YouTube or just in your life? No, in my life, I think. Right. About, and like, and they're, they're few and far between. The other day, there was a, like concentric pans, a saucepan in another saucepan. Yeah. It was a bit smaller. And I put my hand down the side to pull out the smaller one mm -hmm. and got really badly trapped. Mm -hmm. And it was a bit like... I mean, I could almost sense this was going to happen. Yeah, but no, but this is... And so it was a, you know, when... Why wouldn't you use the handle? Let's not, exactly. let's not get to forensically. Let's, 
look at the results of it rather than okay. leave it to right, you know, okay. Why did I go That's home it. that day? Yeah. Right, the, 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 but the thing is, is it's like, do you know when what, um, they what? catch monkeys, they put, they put some fruits or monkey biscuits in a hole, the monkey goes monkey in and grabs them, and it yeah. can't work out that it needs to open its hand. Are you it, thinking of Paul Burrell on I'm a Celebrity Get Me similar, Out That's a nice, similar yeah. thing. So I had thought that, you know, like, pull, pull. Pull, pull. Yeah. Yeah. Monkey yeah. pull, monkey yeah. Yeah. But it needed more... Um, push, anyway. push. <laughs> <laughs> it needed a bit of thought. It was quite oh. easy in the end. I used water. I think... Yeah. I'll take okay. that home with you, Paul. Yeah. How might you use water? Mm. Oh, I know. Instant. I know what you did. Yeah. yeah. And another unusual... Coefficient of linear expansion. Exactly. Yeah. And another... It's the only bit of physics I remember. <laughs> Because it's great, isn't it? It's superb. Mm. Hold on one second. Did you use water just to dislodge the smaller of the two pans? Yes, I filled the gap between the pans. And the, and the smaller one just lifted and right just out. Grabbed, yeah. But another unusual incident I had was like my first big fly of the season. This, you know, they're coming yeah. in now, aren't they? The flies. Yeah. Big old blue Oh, bottle. here we yeah. go. Sound like Pete and Dad there. <laughs> Bleeding flies, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, I threw a cushion at it. Went wham, wow, yeah. it's dangerous. It's isn't gone, it? it's gone. Beautiful. First light hunt of the year. Yeah. Sat back down to watch the tally <laughs> and I heard. And the unusual incident was I'd thrown it and it had gone inside the cushion. <laughs> And how unusual is that? Well, it sort of altered its molecular structure no, I, and gone in. I assumed there'd been a little gap where the zip was a bit open. Yeah. But I thought, what an unusual incident. Yeah. What did you do then? Did you liberate it or just sort of pounded that? I just pounded, did, this pounded yeah. that. Pounded that. <laughs> Are all those stories true? Is Scylla Black's breast yes. broke your fall Absolutely true? Absolutely true, yeah. LWT. Hand trapped in words. concentric. Absolutely true. Pops. No, I'm serious about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's not many. So I've got three in my Fly life. in cushion. Fly in cushion, yeah. Right. There's um, sort of trappage involved in all of them, isn't there? There's a theme there. What, what's wrong? Uh, how, how comes you're not questioning my Barbara Windsor trapped hand story? Oh, I think that, uh, yeah, you wouldn't make something like that. No. no. Absolutely right. Have you got any unusual incidents? She's 60 years what, old. What, trapped things? No, no, no. Unu- what an unusual incident. All right, my nan... My nan was Welsh, so I'll do the Welsh accent. Mm-hmm. She uh, one night claimed to have been attacked in her bed, right, by a, a moth. Right? Mm. But a pig, a moth, a, pi- a moth, a pig, a pig moth, right? And it drank five pints of her blood. Five pints of my blood. She was absolutely adamant this had happened. Five pints of her blood. So... I mean, five that five that is some moth, isn't it? I mean, it'd be quite a big pig, wouldn't it? It would be. But, I mean, it's a moth. And it was too, and then it couldn't fly. It's too heavy, so it crawled away. The pig moth, yeah? <laughs> Who yeah. called it the pig moth? She did. But like a moth, but a pig. A pig moth. Five pints of my blood. She was absolutely adamant that it happened. Now... What we only have eight pints, don't we? I know, I know. So not only did it denude her of five-eighths of her blood, <laughs> yeah. it swelled up to accommodate that oh. and then couldn't fly off. Like a colossal it, tick. I wonder what you were going to say. <laughs> but um, my sister claims, and we, you know, it's always been sort of subject of ridicule and, you know, deluded old woman. And, and then my sister read somewhere about a, a moth with a 
vampiric. Like a pig's head. But five pints, I don't know how she knew it was five pints of her blood, but that's what she reckoned. But she didn't receive medical attention. Nah, she just regenerated. (laughs) (laughs) I can regenerate. I've only got one left. So really? it's really difficult. Yeah. How many did you, were you were bestowed on you at I got the three. start of your life, did I you? I got three, yeah. Right, and you've used two? I've used two of them, yeah. Wow. Guess how many hits there are for pig moth? 6,082. Lower. Six. 86. None. None? Wow. That's good though, isn't it? We're in virgin territory here. Pig moth. No one has ever thought of a pig moth. Really? Yeah. Because well, they don't exist. Well, it existed for my nan <laughs> that night. Moths don't even... I mean, they're they very... They don't suck blood, do they? No. No. They're not menacing. If, the worst thing about a moth is that they sort of... feed? F- does it actually feed? They feed on light. Mm. Yeah, that's They just flop they, around, yeah. and the worst thing that could happen with a moth is that it'll get some dust on you. Yeah. From its wings. Yeah, scary, though. They're ugly creatures, as are butterflies. Once you get past a wing... The central core of a butterfly is quite scary and horrible, isn't it? Yeah, but that's why they've got the great wings, isn't it? Yeah, distract distract from that. Because the daddy long legs is actually one of the most poisonous things on earth, isn't it? (laughs) No, you can look this up, Adam. It's like it it has one of the most lethal poisons in nature. I'm sure you've told me this before. But it's it's such a tiny amount. Right. But if they could, if if you had like Uh, like a a million of them, it would Mm. be the most toxic substance on earth. Uh Here we go. A widespread myth holds that Daddy... <laughs> yes! <laughs> Thank you, Adam. Oh. Daddy yeah. Longlegs, also known as Granddaddy Longlegs or Harvest Men, are the most venomous spiders in the world. Spiders? We're only safe from their bite, we are told, because their fangs are too small and weak to break through human skin. Uh, look up the crane fly now, please, because the crane fly... Hmm? Daddy Longlegs. Daddy Longlegs. In angling terms. Yeah. What am I looking up about the crane fly? Just... just Right, is it poisonous? See if it comes up as Daddy Longlegs. Is long it a bastard? Well. No mention of Daddy Longlegs. Cranefly is a common name referring to any member of the insect family Tipulidae mm. of the order Diptera. True flies in the superfamily Tipuloidea. Hats off to the Victorians, eh? Tipuloidea. Tipuloidea to you, Thor. Tip, tip your hat to the uh, Victorians for doing all this work on your behalf. On our behalf, yeah. Mm. And the nice drawings mm. and everything. Lovely. And they basically put everything in jars, didn't they? Yeah, jar it. Don't they jar what it? shall I do with this? Catch it, jar it. <laughs> what shall I do with this, Mr. Frogger? Jar it. Jar it. Stick it museum. Don't let anyone look at it for 300 years. <laughs> no, you can't go in that room. <laughs> What's in there? Jars. Not jars. <laughs> <laughs> Unseen jars. I am making tea, would you like some tea? It is strong, builders tea, would you like it? Do you want some milk inside? We got different types. And if you want some sugar, just ask for it. I won't judge you if you ask for it. Are you an audiobook guy, Paul? We are now, because we've got our own audiobook. Yes, have you done an audiobook for. Wow, we've got round we to have. your book. After. Yeah, you did that. Really well, and Good I segue. Bob, you've been useless so far. Thank you very much. So take over now. Yes, so we've done this book that's based on the, the series. It's got recipes, it's got the, our health story, it's got tales from the riverbank, 
anecdotes. And we've done an audio version. The audio ones are good. Good. It's like what Adam does, isn't it? Yeah. We've got like podcasts. Like, five hours of fun. Yeah. Is it five hours? I bet you it is. Has it got it. extra stuff in it? Oh, it's completely different. Yeah. yeah. We just use that as a sort of very basic model, oh, really? and then off, yeah, and we just we talk rubbish. Really. So they're very different things. They're mm. um, they've both got their own merit, though. Yeah. <laughs> That's great, man. I'm well up for that. Do you fish? Do you object to fishing? Yeah, no Where do you come? Where are you with the fishing? I went on a uh, fishing lodge in Alaska with my dad wow. in the 80s. And yes. he was a travel writer. And he was writing for uh, the Sunday Telegraph. And he went off and we stayed on this floating fishing lodge. So did you float, float plane in? Uh, yes. Wow. We did. And it was like a big floating platform mm. with a nice wooden hotel, small hotel mm. built on it, lodge. And you would sail around the coast, just a few hundred meters from the actual coast, so you could see grizzly bear and wow. moose and mm. stuff on the banks yeah. of the water. And you'd fish for salmon. Mm. And it was amazing, unbelievable. Yeah. And I don't remember if we would chuck them back or if we would eat them. I'm pretty sure we ate a lot of them. You know, they would prepare them. I've done a similar thing in Russia, and, and you keep fish for the camp. Yeah. You know, because it's quite remote. So, you, I mean, although they had a good supply line, but most fish would be returned. But you'd keep one or two for the camp, or like one day we, the guides cooked this salmon on the bank, and they made this kind of soup out of the salmon that I just caught. And, you know, sort of, it feels real, doesn't it, then? You know, it's sort of like a real existence. You know, you're out there and you're eating what you've just caught. And they made this soup with the salmon. Uh, and you have a vodka mm. in one cup and your salmon soup in the other. And uh, the logic is that you have a shot of vodka, uh-huh. hit of the soup, Chaser. and then you don't get a hangover. Oh, really? <laughs> Yeah, well, it's an elaborate way of going, saying you can drink as much vodka as you like. Yeah. Wow, that yeah. sounds great. Yeah. Salmon, is that like a chowder or something? It was. It was that, that's, I suppose, yeah, the, the best description of it, yeah. But I am well up for Actually, reading your book does inspire me because you, you, you talk quite well. You sort of anticipate what the experience is going to be like for someone who does take up fishing. And you do explain, like, don't expect it to be brilliant off the bat because mm. you'll probably come back bored and frustrated the yeah. first few times yeah. mm. but then when it gets when mm. you get hooked <laughs> it'll be amazing and uh, and that makes sense to me and I, I feel as if I'm getting to the right point in my life where I could definitely get into something like it's that it's interesting because you and I you know you described there something quite extreme and remote yeah. and you know graphic but actually, you get just as much pleasure going and sitting by a little lake in Norfolk. Oh, and, yeah. And that microcosm of the beauty that is just in front of you is just as wonderful. In fact, because it's, you're there and you're focused, it's, you become absorbed, literally absorbed into it. You know, you are part of it. Did you do fishing trips together before they started being filmed that's oh, is that God, why yeah. The, yeah that's why the yeah show i've happened. been asked to do fishing programs for years right. and i've always resisted because there's no reason and it was my escape you know from yeah. life if you like you know so but because bob and i had well apart from the fact that you know it was so enjoyable for us and such a sort of lovely journey it, it also had a a reason which was our heart problem right you know so it gave it a wasn't just two idiots mucking around the riverbank. Oh, well, it is, you know, but there is an underlying, yeah, you know, it sort literally of, you know, gave it some heart. Yeah, gave it some heart. We both use the word literally 
quite literally great mate uh, quite literally in the last two sentences but it did you know otherwise it would have just been a jolly and interestingly for both of us it's it's true as works on that level a lot of people come up to us and say you know oh thank you my made my dad go and get a check up or I'm going to get checked up next week. And when you used to go on your fishing trips before they were being filmed, would you... We used to get up to all sorts, son. <laughs> oh, sorry, Bob. Nude fishing. <laughs> nude fishing. But would you be I've able... I've done nude snooker. Have you done yeah, nude snooker? Yeah, at Reading University. Right. They had a lovely snooker room there, and they used to Hot go... pink. <laughs> <laughs> we used to go there, you know, but it was great to oh, have yeah, that man. room and not have someone else come in. So we used to take our kit off, yeah. and then if someone came in, they just, that's it, they went. So we, we could have, as it were, reserved the snooker room for... Hey, that's true, that, that'll drive them away, won't it? Oh, for sure, yeah. <laughs> but it's the lovely, one that I can never quite put my finger, when me and Paul go fishing, mm. it's like, we do try to have fun, there's a lot of silence as well. But... I was going to ask, are you able to just be silent for long periods yeah, without sure feeling you have, you to, have to say something? Two hours can pass staring at a float, but mm. it's like, I do like the fact that usually, it's, I don't go out anymore, I think you were saying earlier, you don't, yeah. like, but if I do go out, I feel because it'll be an event or something that you've got to try and be like sort of Bob Morton off the telly or something, you know, you're performing. High energy. Yeah, and all that business. Or you're writing it so it's for a job or you're performing it. And you, but it would become infrequent the time that I'm just having fun with one person in silence, no audience, no one is not leading anywhere, it's not going anywhere. And that, that, that's something that the, the fishing's really got. Because I don't know whether it's particular to fellas, so when I've sat down with Paul first time, they were, I haven't sat down with a fella in the middle of nowhere, just having a chat. Really? The, I do it all the time. <laughs> so, yeah, and it's, it's, it's like it's forced me uh, to discover what being a, a mate and having, you know, fun, you can still do it when you're old, and I think I'd forgotten that. We've That's, quite literally have... made a rod for our back, though, because we've, we've taken something that was quite precious like that and, and made it work. And you can't help it in our game. Yeah. Thing, you know, things that sort of seep through from life into work a little bit. And, but when we make the show, although it is work, you forget, we forget that we do have an agenda. We are supposed to be you know, following a theme, and we, uh, we usually forget, don't we? Yeah. And we've been, we go fishing you know, away from the cameras as well. So right, OK. I was going to say, yeah. That, that genuine sort of feel of the show. You know? Right, right. So you don't just sort of go... What now? Look, we've got to go professionally fishing for the next two months. I don't want to go part-time fishing. Yeah. I haven't got time. I've got court TV to watch. Yeah. <laughs> but TV is such a wonderful thing. Oh, it's so ashamed. I feel so ashamed that I like Tally so much. Do you find that you retain information that you get from TV, though? Because that's mm. my problem. No, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't retain We don't need yeah. to retain anything anymore. Hey, just look it up, isn't it? I, th- I think that uh, carpeting will come back. It's all laminates now, isn't mm. it? And, <laughs> and polished floorboards. Mm. But, and I think, what is it, like, that, that great thing, that, um, the Scottish commentator saying, no, it was Dennis Law. I think that within the next three World Cups, a team from Africa will win the World Cup. And I think that team might well be Mexico. No. <laughs> Said that anyway. Dennis Law, will be Mexico. But and I think Dennis that I think there, the right? next few years carpets will come back. It got to, and I think the colour might well be brown. Well, wallpaper's come back. It's on its way back in mm. feature walls now, yeah. isn't it? You got feature walls. Have but you not got carpets? 
I've got floorboards with rugs. Oh, really? Uh, I mean, that lamin- everyone's laminate now, aren't they? Everywhere. And I tell you, that laminate's all coming up and going into skips and everything. And I predict a real problem for this country dealing with the like laminate overload that's been shot out of all these houses. Burn it. Just burn it. Oh, that's fine for the, uh, the yeah, atmosphere. Yeah, well, it might it? be. It might if you put it in a wood bur- a laminate burning stove. There's something to get into. <laughs> Bob's always got his eye on the markets. He thinks, now, it, come on, do your angling direct statistic. Angling, angling direct or something. Yeah. The, the, the online um, fishing mm-hmm. shop posted its first profits this year. And I'm claiming that it's due to our TV show. It might be. Because that's very much a starter's area. Why didn't you think of that, though, last year and advise me to buy shares? I would have not listened to you anyway. No, of course you could have bought them. I mean, it's probably a a factor of an ageing population, perhaps. But also, I'm not denying the fact that you guys have probably got something to do with it. Would that stand up in a court of law? Yes. You reckon? First time, I I made a bet. One of my first appearances was making a bail application for a lad, quite a rough lad mugger. And he, he um, I had my hands in my pockets in front of the magistrates. And I said, I'm here on behalf of whatever Ken, Buttery Ken. Mm. And uh, mm-hmm. he said, get your hands out oh. of your pockets. I think you might even have said boy or something. I wholeheartedly yeah. agree with him. I would Fair have had you out of that court before your feet had touched the ground. In fact, I'd have locked you up along with yeah. him. And I turned around to look at my client, Buttery Keith, and he was looking at me like, you're dead, mate. You are dead. He, he had his hands out of his pockets and a knife in him. <laughs> what was the verdict for Buttery Keith? Didn't get bail. Um, but it was never going to get bail. But you have to go through it. But then he could blame it on you, though. Yeah, shit. No, no he stuck with me for nine years. And in fact... Is um, this the guy that, in fact, you, I, that you I, met? Yeah. yeah. In, in fact, whilst I was representing him, I was going into a, a, a club that was above a pub on Peckham High Street one night. Suddenly sort of separated from me mates. Knife at me face. Yeah a mug in or whatever, looked into his eyes and he says, oh, hello, Mr. Mortimer. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, oh, thank fuck for that. And it was buttery Ken. Well, no, not thank fuck. No, I did at the yeah. honest of yeah, the time. Yeah, right. in that moment for and you. And did he, did he let you off the mugging then? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he said, take your hands out your pockets. <laughs> well, he didn't just give you a reduced rate. No, okay, you can just give me a fiver. I was going to ask for everything. <laughs> just give me your jam tie. wanted to ask you Bob when you're doing your songs on Atletico Mints and not just the Scottish one but ones where you actually sing yeah do you have a special go-to site for your backing tracks yeah I, I'm not very musical and so what I go on a library to find a song I think it's called the melody where I can just sing exactly what it, do you know what I mean it's, yeah so I can, it's easy and as soon as I find one of those I just write a song how long does it take to like, write 
The so different. The best one I ever did was Barry Homeowner's song. Yeah. And I did that very quickly. That was like 10, 15 minutes. But oh, I love so oh, uh, Stephen Clarence Hair Island, first time. Uh, yeah, uh, that, that's uh, nice. Uh, was a great one. I, I did one today, Steve McLaren. I think it's my favourite I've ever did done. You? Oh, Mr. Fernandez, kiss, kiss me, Fernandez. I miss you, Fernandez. Because that's the ch- the song that I was doing. You know. I love all that. You were going to knock that on there, weren't you? Well, was I? Well, well, you yeah, you yeah. had a little no, no, no. Athletic admins. He was going. Oh, I don't know. If I'm, Why I mean, did you get? Did what was your problem? I didn't. Work, I didn't have it's like. But it's the same in every sphere of life. You know, I thought I'd love to do um, after my heart thing. I thought I did make a determined. I'm going to do some of the things that I haven't. I've always wanted to do. And Jim Vic, who I work with, is no interest in football. You couldn't be less interested. So I've, there's never been a football reference in any of our shows or any of it. So he's thought, not even anti. Is no, it's not. It's just, just nothing to him. It's yeah. nothing to him. Yeah. And so I thought I'll do. I want to do some football. So I did a football podcast. But like after about fifty. It changes, yeah, it becomes yeah. a chore, whatever yeah. you do, doesn't it? So that's why it's probably increasingly less football. If I keep changing its kind of personality, it keeps it a bit, a bit interesting. Just take that. breaks, though. That's yeah, exactly. Take a break and come back. But you, do you write the stuff? Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah no, I know you yeah. do most of it, but does Andy do... Yeah, he, do, yeah, he does some. Right, yeah. right. Um, okay. But they're, they're very easy. They're very quick, easy to write. Um, well, you've got it's only great formula, aren't you? And it's um, like, that's half a battle, isn't it? And I tell you, I bloody well did suss that out. What the South African? No, the Mallorca beach when you. No, said you it. didn't. I did because I go to Mallorca quite a lot. A little old lady sitting on the wrecks mending the nets. I thought, hold up, this ain't right. Yeah, but I you did. didn't say you didn't say hold up. This I, is South Africa. I knew it was coming, Bob. I had something at the back of my mind went wrong. Mortimer, little old lady nets. No, something's Mallorca. going up his ass. Something's <laughs> going up his anus in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> um, when did you start writing sort of character sketches, Stavros and loads of money and things like that? Probably back in 1986. And were you... Were and you, it was just sort of, a, a, just, you know, embarrassing, drunk, pub-based sort of chat, really. Yeah. So it would sort of emerge from that, like local characters, you know, that a guy called Adam who, who ran our local kebab house. And he was, um, he was a funny bloke, you know, and he, he was little Greek guy with a, a, a great sense of humour and it was pretty leery in Hackney in those days in, in Wall Street but he, he dealt with all his uh, roughneck crowd with um, humour you know he, he was a funny guy and he was able to control some of the more unruly elements with, uh, with humour and, he, and he, he, was, he was great it was a because I know Stavros got some you know so, some sort of negative reaction and press or some people said is it racist and well, not really. As Harry said, well, I see him as a hero, really, you know. But it was so abundantly affectionate. And yeah, warm, yeah. 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 yeah exactly. I mean, I get that, I guess, people feel like you just there's certain accents you can't do. And well, you certainly can't... now. We're very wary, aren't we, of what, what yeah, we say, well, what I, I understand. we do. And you can understand why. But also, I do think that, to a certain degree, especially with someone like that, their character like Stavros, mm. it's, so, it's so warm and it's so affectionate. Yeah. Like, what negative thing would you take yeah. away from it? I don't really... 
was an amazing character, Paul. I can remember that feeling. I think it was Friday nights. It was on the show yeah. Ben Elton. It was a Saturday night live. Yeah. Friday the night nation night, yeah. was just waiting for him to come out. Yeah, it was, it was exciting. It was really exciting. Well, what a great format that was for Harry and for us. Yeah. You know, because there's not much like it now that commands that audience as well. But it was so hit and miss, that show. That was the thing. Yeah. I mean, even in America, Saturday Night Live is very inconsistent. Mm. Yeah. But you would watch it because you knew Ben Elton was probably going to be pretty funny. Yeah. Like, he had his uh, Captain Paranoia thing. Do you remember that? Mm. His bits were usually... There was Brian Laurie as well, you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, they would always... Hit us on there, weren't they? Yeah, really? yeah. And, and, and French was, and Saunders and... Yeah, and that was a platform for Harry. He had that lovely little two, three minutes, like a... Single, isn't it? That he was able to do every week, I mean, and then, then loads of money blew everything out of the well, world. Well, yeah, we had, to, we had to come up with another one, and you know, and Harry said, "Well, God, I need a new character." And luckily, we had this sort of one on the back burner, which sort of worked. So it was so instantaneous. And it, did that start with just a funny voice, or did you immediately know that there was a political edge to it? I think it was a bit of both. We knew it was going to work weirdly, and you can't say that about th- mm. things, can you, Bob? Really, you never, you never know. But with that one, it felt right. And, uh, you know, I told you, Adam, a Mac and mate of mine came to the show the yeah, other night. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Alan, he's been down here for about 40 years. Like, yeah. But his accent is as strong as ever, poor man. Mm. And uh, he said, yeah, I was with a lot of Chelsea fans, like, waving money at us and showing them loads of money and that. Yeah. And Harry and I had been sort of mucking about with this thing. And then uh, I sort of developed it a bit with Charlie Higson. And, you know, it's a collaborative process because he the look was good as well hmm. and and it was harry who gave you that cartoon element of calling him loads of money you know i suppose del boy given what i'm doing at the moment yeah you know, it? very similar sort of character hmm. wasn't it that larger than life cash is king he's not as warm as del though is he no oh no no he was very one-dimensional and i think that harry you know <laughs> killed him off very quick and he was probably right to you know it was just of the moment did you listen to that malcolm gladwell um program about uh it, it, his thesis was that satire political satire is usually counterproductive and actually, it doesn't really do the job that it's setting out to do. Mm. It ends up no. being co-opted by the very people that it's supposed to be. Usually, doesn't it? It yeah. does. You know, an impersonation of a politician, they usually, sort of, as you say, they kind of eventually come to terms with it and befriend it, don't they? Yeah, well, that's what the spitting <laughs> image people always said, was, yeah. that, was that actually people sort of had more respect for mm. Thatcher because of that mm. Impression that Steve Nallen used to do because she was so indestructibly mm. intense and scary. Yeah. People thought, oh, yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think that's probably why we've been conscious. Never, we've never really done any obvious political satire. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think loads of money is... You know, we quite enjoyed his, his unright-on behaviour, you know. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, there was a sort of enjoyment of it because it's yeah. so... You know, he's embracing life, and he? He's not... Yeah. You know, he's not a mealy-mouthed character. But that's the thing, isn't it? You always... That's why characters are fun to do, because they... Yeah, you can inhabit a, a, a wrong world, if you like. Right. You know, and we all like to do that, don't we, occasionally? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Can I say thank you for Zavid, though? Zavid, yes. Yeah, for that. As much as anything, just... It's get... not very accurate, though. I, I mean, know. it's a real caricature. Like, yeah. when you listen to him speak, he really... He doesn't sound like I know that he doesn't, all. but we think he does. Like, Phil Cornwell, who was on yeah. Friday, Saturday Live as well, and he, yeah. did, he did a David Bowie, and his, his line, he did, where's my sausages? And <laughs> he's, he's never sung that. We well, might have done, I suppose. 
Yeah, to who, Angie. Where's my sausages? Like Steve Coogan and Rob Brydon, their Bowie is much more sort of, <laughs> it's all this kind oh. of wavery mm. boys thing. And I've never really thought of Bowie oh. as being, to, to me, it's like the, when he would, he would, he would <laughs> be very it. sort of urbane. He, he yeah. would be, no, that's where he very good. There was a point in the early 80s when it was, that's it, he, was, it? he was trying to smarten himself can you up. Say, can you do that and then say, I think he was offside there, but uh, let's, uh, let's hope that decision is overruled by VAR. <laughs> could, you do, could you try that? Too? I'd like to hear David Bowie commentating on the football. Oh dear, I'm going to have to disagree with that decision. I think we'll have to refer to VAR for that call. (laughs) Wait, this is an advert for Squarespace. Every time I visit your website, I see success. Yes, success. The way that you look at the world makes the world want to say yes. It looks very professional. I love browsing your videos and pics, and I don't want to stop. And I'd like to access your members area and spend in your shop. These are the kinds of comments people will say about your website if you build it with Squarespace. Just visit squarespace.com slash Buxton for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, because you will want to launch, use the offer code BUXTON to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. So put the smile of success on your face with Squarespace. Continue. Have you had a buttery Keith? Hey, welcome back, podcats. That was Bob Mortimer and Paul Whitehouse, as if you didn't realise. Chatting with me there uh, last month at Two North Down in London. People that run the venue there have been kind enough to let me record a few podcasts there, some of which haven't aired yet, and uh, I'm really grateful to them. Thank you very much. I've posted a link to their website in the description of this podcast so that you can um, have a look and see what kind of shows they've got coming up. It's really a fantastic, intimate venue to see cool, interesting, weird up and coming and also very established comedians trying out new material and fooling around i highly recommend it i have also posted in the description of this podcast a link to that uh, footage of bowie on the tour bus in 2004 doing an impression of brilliant guy from the fast show Uh, and i've also posted a link to uh, the Audible page where you'll find the audiobook of uh, Mortimer and Whitehouse Gone Fishing, which I've just downloaded, haven't listened to it yet, I'm looking forward to it. Over six hours of uh, waffle from Paul and Bob, and as they said during our conversation, I think a lot of it is just them chatting and making each other laugh, it's not just them reading out the book. So I'm looking forward to listening to that. Anyway, thanks to Bob and Paul. Rosie, come here. (laughs) What the hell are you doing? 
Oh, she's been boinging around in the long grass, which is still wet. Don't drink the puddle. I suppose you could. I wouldn't personally drink a puddle. It's that time of year, of course, when Rosie gets to enjoy boinging in the long grass. And we get to enjoy removing the ticks when she's finished. But I think I will uh, post a link in the description of this podcast to the video I did a couple of years back of Rosie uh, jumping around, which is still very effective, I think, if you need some cheering up. It was at her most bouncy. She's never been quite so bouncy again. But uh, I think there's quite a few videos that people post and put on YouTube of their dogs bouncing in the long grass, but this was a good one. Uh, Another link that I will post in the description of this podcast is for tickets to a live recording of the podcast, which will take place on Thursday, the 12th of September, 2019, at 9.30pm at King's Place in London. And that is part of the uh, London Podcast Festival. As yet, we haven't confirmed the guest, but it'll almost certainly be someone human and great. So I hope to see you there. I'll be doing other live shows later on in the year. More sort of uh, book-related, though. I'm still working on my book. And (laughs) it's still looking as if it's going to take a little while longer. But towards the end of this year, mainly in October, I'll be travelling around to various places, doing some shows, reading bits and pieces out as part of the process of finally getting it all finished. It seems hard to believe that I will ever actually finish this book, but um, it's got to happen at some point. Although, it was my birthday the other day, and my wife... Mm, Oh, I'm going to sneeze. No, it's gone. Oh, that is annoying, phantom sneeze. That's no good. I almost want to tickle my nose now, just to get it out. Otherwise, I'll just have that sneeze haunting my nasal passages. I've got a blade of grass. Uh, sticking it up there. <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to work. Doggy! Yeah, that did the trick. Oh, what was I saying? Oh, yes. My wife. For my birthday, one of the uh, lovely presents I got, in addition to a bike light shaped like a gelatinous scrotum, bike balls. I don't know if I'm ever going to use those. I think my plan with the bike balls is to re-gift them. I'll tell you what, maybe I'll give them away at the London Podcast Festival to a lucky stranger, or perhaps my guest. Hmm. Anyway, in addition to the bike balls, my star present was a skydiving experience. And I'd just recently been writing as well about having a sort of a midlife crisis in various ways. And I wrote, uh, I'm not having affairs with models or jumping out of planes. Uh, Anyway, now I guess I am going to be jumping out of a plane. Albeit strapped to another person who knows what they're doing. And my eldest son is going to come along with me and be strapped to someone else. And and we're going to jump out of a plane. Which is really nice because my wife, um, she's a bit of a warrior. 
And um, if it was up to her, I probably wouldn't be jumping out of a plane. But I've always liked the idea. That's one of my favourite parts of I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, is the first episode when they jump out. I think, oh, mate, that looks good. I'd be up for that. So we'll see. But yes, you know, I suppose there's always a chance that um, you might just plummet into the ground and expire. And then the, uh, the book wouldn't really be finished. But I feel as if there's enough there to put something out. I don't know. Ah, first world problems. That's pretty much it for this week. Rosie, come on, let's head back. Rosie! Totally ignoring me. Fair enough, it's probably quite an exciting night. After the monsoon, she hasn't been getting many walks because of the rain. Uh, But yes, thank you very much indeed for listening. Hey, thanks to Seamus Murphy-Mitchell, as ever, for his production support. Thank you, Seamus. I appreciate it. Thanks as well to Matt Lamont for doing another great job helping me edit this podcast. Thanks to Acast for hosting and supporting this podcast. And um, there will be no podcast next week because I'm doing Bug in London and I've got to prepare for that Um, but the podcast will be back the week after so until then stay dry have great fun watching all the brilliant Tory leadership candidates doing their thing take care and please bear in mind I well I I love you bye Oh, fly past.